a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. I've lost my voice. Although I do sound husky. Like a husk. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've just had this throat thing for ages now. I do blame Rob because he was sick last week and then probably passed it on to me. Um, anyway, I hope you are well, better than I am. And remember to get in touch. Short Fuse on Twitter. Interesting day, day after the decimation in the elections of all major parties. The world is about to fall apart. Bring on the revolution. Uh, not so much of a revolution in energy this week, but a little bit of a contentious, rebellious stroke, and that's to do with money. So our top story, energy customers are missing out on about £5.1 million of compensation from network operators. And that's uh, from Ofgem. So what happens is, we all know that if you have an interruption in supply, you can make a complaint to the supplier, you're entitled to compensation, etc., etc. But you're also entitled to the same with the DNOs. So the power companies that bring the power to you. So UK Power Networks, uh, Western Power Distribution, all those people that work from grid down to bring the local power to you. And uh, often it's found that uh, last year, I think the figures were, £5.1 million of compensation was not claimed. So that could be because you haven't been connected, your repair line, uh, repair took too long. So there's all these pathways that you have got and people haven't done it. Now, this is quite interesting because the DNOs, the network operators, are, are pretty much monopolies, really. So they're regionally based. They're based on what the old grid was. And what they do is they go, we'll provide you power for this area. We provide redundancy, we provide service, backup, and Ofgem gives them a contract, but basically they're getting paid, right? They're getting paid without any competition. And they have to operate under certain rules, they get a certain budget, they've got to obviously provide value within that budget. It's like an internal market. But the fact that this 5.1 million hasn't been claimed, well, in the end, that goes into their bottom line. Now, you could say that it's our fault. If we're the customer, um, we don't know about it, we don't claim it, who can blame them? But you could also say that the um, DNOs don't make it that easy because there is a, this confusion of what they do. And, um, you know, if you've had uh, uh, a building, so you've built uh, a factory or whatever, and you've had it all connected and your suppliers putting in certain bits, but the DNA is putting in other bits. Something goes wrong, which bit is which? Um, and I think that when it comes to the whole, um, let's put it this way, the, the, the way that we're held account in the energy sector, suppliers always get it in the neck, always. They're always number one. Bill's gone up, I've been cut off. Uh, you know, fat cat bosses make money. But the DNOs who sit there with no competition, frankly, because they're, they're part of uh, the, the, the way the section. Not their fault, don't get me wrong, but if you're the DNA for the southeast, you have no competition. That's what your job is. 
So, but they don't seem to get as much sort of bad publicity. I'm not saying that they should, but I do realise that this shows you there's still a lot of confusion about what they do. So Ofgem's advice is there should be easier, more robust processes by which people can make the claims and also for people to look at them themselves. I think uh, it's an interesting story because as we get into more and more electric vehicles, as we get into more and more what they call behind the meter so that people are building uh, ways of connecting to the grid, the role of the DNO and how they supply you with the cabling that allows you to sell your electricity will become more important and the service you get from them will become more important. So I think that's one story to watch. What's your thoughts? Give me a shout, email us, get in touch. Now it's time, I think, for the news. That is not Priyanka. Yeah, I just haven't done my makeup today. She's going to kill you for that. Hello. Go on then, bring Pri for the next 10 minutes. Okay, well, first I need to check the order. Right. Uh, you don't know the order of your stories? No, I know the order, of course I do. I'm only joking. Uh, uh, so Pri's not here. We're screwed. We are screwed. She's working from home. Yeah. But instead, I've got him to do the news. Yeah. Upgrade. <laughs> Blimey. It's like going back to Windows 7. Okay, all right, go then. Windows 7, Windows 97. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, everyone will probably know this already, but to fill you in again, we've got this story came out uh, <coughs> earlier in the week, but it was about the uh, fracking commissioner. Uh, yes, she, des she decided to go. Yes, after only six months in the position. What was her job? Explain to the viewers what her job was. Uh, she, her official job title is the Commissioner for Shale Gas, mm -hmm. uh, and she was basically, you know, organising uh, the shale revolution across England because, you know, people say shale and fracking is very important at the moment to secure our own energy independence. Even more so if you... Uh, we don't want to buy gas from yeah. Russia. Uh, I'd agree with that one, but that's, you know, what she was saying. Mm. Uh, and that we need to do lots of shacking, so fracking, sorry. <laughs> uh, nearly, but not quite. Uh, oh do lots God. of fracking to basically get cheaper gas uh, and become more independent. But there's a law on fracking. And uh, we've got the picture of a small tremor. Yeah, so... Uh, and this is the issue, isn't it? Yeah, so basically, if fracking... The government has a law that if fracking uh, goes over 0.5, I think, on the scale, if it's that it's much tiny. of a magnitude tremor, yeah, it's really tiny. It's like one of your farts, isn't it, really? Yeah, I suppose. Near enough, uh, reverberating. And if one of those happens when they're drilling, then they have to suspend drilling, basically. Uh, and that happens a lot of the time that they do the drilling. The fracking companies say that's not an issue. The environmentalists say that is a massive issue because you're causing small earthquakes, uh, which they are We're really, doomed. they're tiny earthquakes. So it basically depends on whether you think that's a threat or not. But, but she, she said that, it can, it can, she can do a job. She basically says that the, that law is a ban on fracking, essentially, yeah. because every time you drill down, you're going to have that you much. You have to suspend it yeah. because it goes to 0.6 or whatever. Um, and yeah, so she basically said her job was impossible and pointless, and so she packed it in. And she also said that government were suffering from delusions. She said the government was pandering populism. to what we know to be myths and scare stories and said the government was in a state of paralysis regarding shale gas. It's in a state of paralysis on a lot of things. Yeah, I don't think she's wrong, to be no, honest. No, I don't think she's wrong. I think that's damn right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and look, we, we've covered fracking oh, since the day we bloody started. And there's loads of things about it that are still kind of 
very emotive and reactionary. But mm. the truth is, it's one of those things that could give us energy security. Yeah. And we ought to give it a go under strict conditions that are safe. But if you make the conditions so strict that you can't even do it, what's the point? Mm. I think it's more of an issue that the government's granting approval to new coal mines, to be honest, personally. Well, well, yeah. well let that one slide. <laughs> yeah. Move on. Uh, yep, this next story actually yes. feeds into both of those to a certain extent uh, because it's a very sad story about air pollution. Yes. Uh, so, uh, no, I didn't actually know too much about this until the other day, actually, because I think it's slid under the radar, mm. uh, potentially because this is a poorish black girl from a lower-class background, so she yeah. hasn't made headlines as if... Uh, oh, yeah, she was a know, little white blonde girl. Yeah, I think there would be a bit Generally, of I think there is more yeah. of a stir-up when... Uh, yep. So this is you know, Ella. They're, they're going to sell more newspapers. But yeah, mm. this girl is Ella Kisai Deborah, I believe. Mm. I'm not sure how you pronounce Kisai. Uh, but yeah, she basically had a fatal asthma attack in 2013. Yeah. Um, and she lived near the South Circular. She lives, I think, 25 metres Which from the is South one of Circular. the most disgusting roads. Like the North Circular, it's just full. Well, yeah, I live quite close to the North Circular now. Really? Uh, you don't live that close. Relatively. You live in a leafy road. Five minute drive. With a uh, massive lungs of London. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's a mile and a half <laughs> to the North Circular. Well, anyway, back to her. Oh, God. Uh, she wasn't born with asthma or anything like that. Right. Um, and then she got to the age of, I think, about six or so. Yeah. And she started getting lung infections. Right. So in three years, between the age of six when she got the uh, First, asthma and yeah. then nine when she died from it, she went to hospital 27 times. Blimey, poor um, Poor and basically, parents. You know, she died, and they said, oh, she's died because of severe respiratory asthma. problems yeah. and asthma. Um, and then I think the coroner said something about, you know, oh, wow, I've never seen a kid's lungs this messed up. Right. And they noticed that it kind of, her flare-ups coincided with spikes in pollution wow. on, the, on the South Circular. Uh, none of this has actually been proven, by the way, but this is all... Yeah, this all came out uh, of the evidence. The evidence that yeah. has uh, led to the new inquest. Which yeah. you can report... Yeah. Under privilege. Yeah, you can. As long as you attribute it. But yeah, so her mother now is hoping that this new inquest concludes that air pollution was the primary cause of death. And she wants to get air pollution yeah. on her death certificate, and, and, and which will be the first time Well, ever. yeah, I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah. And the mayor's been sticking his oar in, hasn't he, for a bit of publicity on this? <laughs> Cynical view, uh, but yeah, Sadiq Khan has, uh, yeah, he has basically, to be honest, he does quite a lot for air pollution. He, well, I don't know about that. He, he charges a lot of people for that, but, you know. Are you bitter about the US? Well, I'm exempt to my gas-guzzling diesel, but that says it all. Yeah, uh, yeah. so Sadiq Khan has basically supported the mother and he's but, put but, out But the, mo the mother's case is a very interesting one because mm. there are so, I mean, we're very lucky where we're based is, quite leafy and you do feel it when you're in town filming and then you come back up here, wow, the air is clearer. Mm. And I think of the little kids that go to school right near big busy roads in central London, you see them all the time. Yeah. We film in Westminster and, and, and this poor girl, you know, if she didn't have anything from birth yeah. and literally the particulates, I mean, this could be groundbreaking mm. really. Yeah, yeah. If, if the court, you know, finds that she has been, you know, well, I don't know if she'd be called... I have, a, feel, I have a feeling that they will, because the, the levels of pollution are illegal, aren't they, in London yeah, anyway? they're very high. Um, her siblings, I think she has siblings, and I don't think they were uh, affected, but I think, you know, the, I think the conclusion, I'm guessing, will be, uh, you know, certain people have a, pre, a genetic predisposition yeah. to asthma and stuff like that anyway, uh, but her predisposition was triggered 
solely about air pollution almost. Do we know how long this is going to go on, is it? No, no. Well, we'll keep you up to date with that one because that is going to be big news. Yeah. And then finally, another slightly, it's quite depressing these days. (laughs) Uh, uh, War. Yes. What is it good for? Nothing, absolutely nothing. There we go. Uh, It's not good for anything, but it's happening in Africa, uh, as you all know anyway, but it's happening uh, now because traditionally, you know, war happens because of religion, I guess, water shortages, food shortages. Territory. uh, Territory, lots of different reasons, but now, uh, for the first time, really, uh, it's happening because of climate change. Uh, It's not just us saying that. That's uh, from the Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, who is on a five-day... holiday around Africa Mission. at the moment, uh, visiting various countries and basically saying that, you know, climate change is causing lots of problems. And he says... Well, this is basically people fighting for resources, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Violent instability, essentially, as a result of fighting for resources. And obviously this isn't happening on massive scales yet because no. we're still, you know, if you believe what climate change uh, proponents say, uh, it's going to get much worse. But at the moment, he's basically saying that grazing lands in Nigeria are being affected, mm-hmm. and that's making farmers with fields uh, basically get into conflict with people who are herding animals and stuff like that because they fight over the, the fertile land uh, because the rest of it's heating up and becoming too arid. I don't yeah. think you can really argue with that. Nope. And he, he actually also says that climate change is contributing to terrorism, uh, because it's well, it's degrading well, the land, well. so farmers are becoming you know oh, okay. farmers are becoming a lot poorer, and his <coughs> poverty. I'd say most people would accept poverty in a well, lot of these countries is quite a big contributor. There's definitely to a link mm. between the Somali pirates, mm. who were all basically fishermen, yeah, and the fishing just stopped. Mm. So they found what do we do? Can't fish anymore. So let's kidnap people, yeah, and boats. So I can see some of that. Uh, I'm not sure about whether it turns someone into a terrorist, but you don't know. No, he said it's just a contributory factor uh, towards poverty, and then poverty well, undoubtedly is the, a factor of towards that, terrorism. So. There's no yeah. If you've got stories... Send them in to stories at energylivenews.com. Excellent. And we'll Isn't check it? those out, uh, ignore them if they're bad, and write them up if they're good. So. Promote them incessantly. Yeah. Right, it's time for our punch up. Best about. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! No, and we bringing, talking about saving the planet. Yes. This. God bless them. Go on then. The Committee on Climate Change. Your favourite people in the world. I, I love them. Uh, so they basically, for those of you who don't know, uh, they are the independent but kind of official advisors to the government that the government has to listen to, really. I don't know how much they have to, have to. But well, they, the guidance. They have to listen uh, to this advice that the committee gives them. And the committee's basically said uh, they've looked into it from more of a scientific point of view, yeah. I'd say, than most uh, climate people uh, that you hear about on the street, Extinction Rebellion, for example. And they've said that by 2050, the UK could feasibly go uh, zero emissions, so net zero, uh, in terms of science, finance. And yeah, they're saying that they should do it. And the UK government now has kind of been forced into a corner and uh, said they're going to do that. 
It's not going to be much of a bout this week. I know what you're going to say. And what I'm we gonna probably going to agree with it. What am I going to say? You're going to say 2050. Do they realise how soon that is? We would need to stop uh, driving uh, our petrol and diesel uh -huh. cars this afternoon uh -huh. if that's got a chance uh -huh. of working. Uh -huh. I'd say probably. This, this yeah. is uh, an example of this. Look, we have to cut emissions. Everyone knows that. And we should be doing it anyway for the planet. To get to 2050. Oh, one sec before you start, because you'll like this. They said it will cost between 1% and 2% of GDP. Bullshit. It costs far more than that. I think it would cost far yeah, more than uh, that. Far more than that. So you look at it. Let's take some simple examples. Agriculture. Mm. Transport. Aviation. I Aviation. Transport. Well, transport, yeah. Food. Uh, food well, that's agriculture, you fool. Mm. Oh, I don't God. know. Most of it nowadays. Agriculture. Transport. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. Then you look at uh, infrastructure. Yep. And then you look at... Uh, the general sustainability side of things. Mm. Right. Trying to cut any of that. IT. Yeah. Just look at the IT profile. I think you could do it if they formed a dictatorship and forced us to not go on holiday or yeah. be vegan and yeah. not drive cars. Okay. But then there'd be a, an yeah. actual rebellion. Yeah, if you wanted to do it, there was a good chart in the BBC yeah. showing, you know, um, one of the biggest things. We've come, let's be honest, we've come a long way from where we were when I was young mm. and he was just a sperm, back in 1990. You know, the levels have dropped loads, but it's really mm. interesting to see food, what we consume, the footprint of that in carbon is just as much as it was. Yeah. And we eat too much meat. We eat yeah, too people much are coming, It's becoming more acceptable yeah. to cut down, but, but yeah, everyone's You'll never get to that unless we say, right, get rid of it. Or make it or really eat, expensive. Or eat bugs. Yeah. Eat bugs, whatever. Yeah. Then you've got our computers. Mm. IT energy has rocketed in the last 10 years. Mm. And we'll continue to do And so. we'll continue to do this. Yeah. So, okay, let's get rid of our technology. Stop the show now. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off. Transport. Luddites. We could become vegan we Luddites. Could, we can become vegan Luddites. No, but I, I think it's... Well, no, you need to have a target to make something happen, don't you? Yeah, but we've got targets. What we need is investment in the right technologies mm. and people doing things. Yeah. And they ain't going to do anything. No, I, I personally think the government should kind of be a bit... They should bring... Be a bit authoritarian. Didn't they kind of say that? It's called that. a dictatorship. If the targets are there okay, anyway, we so, might as well bring right. them forward. Uh, you can't go to Spain this summer. Elena's stuck here, so that's fine. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> she can't fly either. People can't have second homes. Oh. <laughs> that is really mum and dad. Uh, one car per household. Yes, okay. Mm. Your wife works, you work, she works one way, takes the kids, you work another way. Mm. No, it would disrupt our whole way of life. No tube. I no ride bus. My, I ride my bike everywhere now. I'm a Londoner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I did actually, you know I love Extinction Rebellion. And then... They, actually... They did we... annoy me a little bit, actually. Oh. Oh, they've started to turn. Yeah, these filthy hippies. <laughs> uh, no, I do like them, but I don't like whoever's in charge of their Twitter. Yeah, go on. Because obviously I think the, the you know, the government had got, has goals, which are probably too slow. Extinction Rebellion saying we need to solve climate change in the next 12 years, which, is, no which is laughably soon. 
And the closest anyone has come to actually being behind climate change, but trying to come up with mm -hmm. an acceptable way it could be done, mm -hmm. is this report. And they so these are the it. one people, the one group that uh, Extinction Rebellion should have actually supported. And what do they say? Their closest allies. Uh, and they said, oh, this is a betrayal. They're not <laughs> ambitious enough. And I think this, you need a dose of realism. Well, we, we know mm. a beardy weedy, because he's a beardy weedy, mm. Adam, Adam Woodall. And Adam, uh, you said, oh, did we cover it? Of course we covered it. He loves them. So yeah. uh, we're going to invite Adam on uh, to Short Fuse in the next few weeks to talk about being a rebel. The Adam and, argument. And we'll have the, yeah, we'll have the Adam's apple. And we'll have a little bit of banter. Yeah. Because their goals may be noble, but they have zero tolerance. Mm. And you can't just say to people, do something. Uh, okay, we're going to do this. Well, that's not good enough. Yeah, and especially because the closest that anyone's come to agreeing with them so far is this group. But yeah, I, I tell you the thing that will change, right? Mm. Science, mm. efficiency. My car, which is a new diesel car, is 50 times more efficient than my old petrol golf. Yeah, it's amazing the yeah? progress we've made already. Our phones will get more efficient. Our computers will get more efficient. My car's Our Volkswagen, fridges. so no comment. No, no, no comment. But you know, as that's the thing. But you know, it's really expensive to buy a new car, mm. right? Takes time. Takes time. Yeah. So you've got to make it so that the technologies become much more efficient, and we work on cleaner energy at the same time. But if we want to do it, there's only one thing: we're going to have to pay. Yeah. And buddy. If you're living on low wages, you ain't gonna be able to pay. Yeah. Better give me a pay rise then. I'll let that <laughs> one pass. Okay, so there you go. What do you think? Do you believe with eco hypocrite, posh boy, or do you believe in working class realist? Nah. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, dates for your diary. 17th February 1991. <laughs> this is my date of birth. Uh, <laughs> What's we the first also date? have the, what are we doing, chronological or favourite Yes, order? chronological. Uh, the 6th of... No! 15th of June. No! Uh, I don't know, the 12th of September. God. When is Tess? You don't know, yeah, do you? Yeah, Tess is the 15th of June. No, you idiot. It's the 5th of June. Ah, don't, don't help him, Robert. 5th of June. So I was sending out so many emails, it's kind of riddled my brain. <laughs> The right, Energy Solutions Show. We've got the uh, first the first AI manager there. Yes. Live demo. I mean, yes. that's the first time that's What's happening. It called? You've got to come and see it. Emma. Yes. Um, so, but I, I believe it's a unisex Emma. Anyway, get on with it. Uh, yeah, so you should come along. There's going to be loads of energy solutions there. Whether yes. that's EV charging, solar panels on the roof of your building. Markets uh, and trading, obviously. Yeah, lots of different ways you can save energy, basically. Save money and save on your emissions. Get yourself so. registered. You'll be getting emails from us. It's not on the 15th of June. It's on the 5th of June. Yeah. And you should be there in Birmingham. Yeah. At? Millennium Points. Well done. Yeah. I, I, know, I know about Birmingham. Yeah, I know you know about Birmingham. And then... Should I just show you the date? I know that one. The 26th of June. So it's a bit later. 19 days after, winning? in fact. Award winning? It's an award winning awards ceremony. Uh, and it's basically the Energy Live Consultancy Awards. And it's happening uh, in London. It's black tie, so dress up smart. I'll be in a tuxedo, so there's no reason not to come. Uh, if you want to get more information, 
basically go on our website and click the Telco Events tab. Uh, but it's got all sorts of awards, such as Most Trusted Consultancy, yada, yada, yada. You probably know them all by now. But go on, check it out. <laughs> get the what? nominations in they're, and they're, turn they're up. They're done. Watch out for the shortlist coming up. Well, what, if they, what if someone's missed it? They've oh, been away. <laughs> Before we end the show, there's been a book yeah. happening. There's been a couple of books. Mm. There's been a book on business, We've been which I've mad. been balking, talking about bods. Talking about hiring people, that's what I did. And firing. I was talking about how many good hires I'd made and then the occasional <sighs> loser. The occasional flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah, flash is all right. And then finally, oh, now this made me sad. <clears throat> Chewie's gone. I don't even know about this. What is, what? Who is that? Peter Mayhew has died. Oh, the, the actor of The actor Chewie? who played Chewie. I thought it was just a really, right. so really I'm, hairy I'm guy. Right, so I'm going to end. I'm going <laughs> to educate you. So Peter Mayhew, loved him. He was, guess what he did? Uh, acted as Chewie in Star Wars. No, before that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> he was a hospital porter. Wow, career change. Walking around a hospital. Yeah. And he was seven foot two. And uh, George Lucas was looking for someone to play Chewbacca. Mm. And originally, it was going to be David Prowse, who ended up being Darth Vader. Yeah. Six, six foot six. And then he saw this portal Tall bloke. cast. Tall cast. Everyone else was 5'2". Yeah. <laughs> Yoda. And then, Yoda. And then he saw this portal and went, my God, mate, you're tall. Yeah. And we'd done the acting and went, no, I haven't. So wow. what would you have to do? You could just go, Brrr. So he only ever acted as uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. And he played a few giants. Mm. But After. what a gentle man. Yeah. Lovely man. And, and Chewie will not be the same because they've replaced him with a Finnish guy now. Well, he's CGI'd now, isn't he? Yeah, he is CGI'd and he didn't look right. Because this, this, I was really upset when Rob put this picture up. Mm. But we've got no money, so we have to use what we've got. <laughs> and this is new Chewie and he never looked like that. No. I think they should bring back the old one. It's like, like, it's like the Mars bars when they changed the recipe. Exactly. It's not the same. It's like Opal Fruits becoming Starburst and Marathon becoming Snickers. You know nothing about this. I know about the Opal Fruits. Or Jif becoming Sif. I remember I was in a petrol station with my dad on yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah, I remember and when that it, moment, they didn't have Opal Fruits what anymore. What is that? Oh no, look at this. Change happens, son. You just have to get used to it. Oh God. Anyway, on that rip-roaring note, we'll see you in a galaxy far from... Well, I won't. I'm off for a while. So unfortunately... I'll be running this ship. You've got him. <laughs> and thankfully you've got Pri. See you soon.